are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we're probably going to be doing a, a lot of sunshine pumping. We're probably going to be overreacting to things because Kentucky, in their first game in the Bahamas, defeated the Dominican Republic team 108-56. to And while that feels like it's pretty standard considering you look across the league and you see what other teams are doing overseas to opposing, uh, to opposing teams... The way that Kentucky played this game felt so different from what I've seen from Alabama, from Auburn. It looked really, really special, what I saw. And I'm going to overreact to a lot of different things on today's episode. I'm sure all of you listening are really, really excited about what you saw from this team as a whole. Yesterday, we've got three more games to get through, and this was supposedly supposed to be one of Kentucky's most difficult opponents of the entire trip. I believe the second most difficult opponent outside of the team from Canada. Let's go ahead and get into it. I've got some kids I want to talk about here uh, right off the top. Two kids... And I know that there were a lot of standout players in this game. Do not get me wrong. But there are two kids that I want to focus on here at the beginning of the show. Before I do that, though, just first first off, like I mentioned, this team as a whole is way, 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 way more fluid and cohesive than I thought it would be. Last year's team and the product that they put out at the end of the year is the last thing that we got to see out of the Wildcats, right? There are some holdovers. There are some, there are some guys that have been here, but there are also some new faces. And let me tell you something. If you did not see this game, if you did not see this game, you have to go watch some highlights from it. The newcomers in this, in this game really, really showed out. I am thoroughly impressed with what I saw from the Wildcats. And again, it's, it's, a, it's an overseas game. It's a blowout game. Man, did the Wildcats look good. Damian Collins. Damian Collins is the first person I want to highlight here. We've not talked about, I don't feel like we've talked about Damian Collins enough here on the show. Now, we've talked about him as a potential breakout candidate. He was a starter in this game. In case you're wondering, the starting five in this game, if you did not see it, went as follows. Severe Wheeler at the point. Antonio Reeves at shooting guard. Jacob Toppin at the three, which I know some of you on Twitter threw up at. Damian Collins at the four, and then Oscar Shibway at the five. Coach Calipari. Uh, I think it, some of you were joking. It's like, oh, he put up the three big man lineup just despite us. I think he's going to try a lot of different things. And to be honest with you, I hope it's not the case, but I think Toppin's not going to be starting at the three this year. That's, that's just my, my thought. Hopefully. Hopefully. But Damian Collins, a starter in this game. I want to read his stats, but I want to kind of dive into what actually happened in this game outside of the dunks, which we'll get to. So Damian Collins in this game finished with 15 points. He was 6 of 9 shooting from the floor, missed the 1-3 that he took, was 3 of 3 from the foul line, had 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, and a steal in 23 minutes. That is what Damian Collins did in this game. In 23 minutes, had 15 points on 6 of 9 shooting. The plus-minus, for those of you uh, that are unaware, players get a plus-minus rating 
uh, on uh, on different stat stat websites. I mean, ESPN will do this for the NBA, I think, a lot. But there, there are different stat stat websites that will do this. Well, they, they give a plus-minus rating depending on how they contributed to the team. And, and it also counts defense a, as well. Not like statistical defense, but like actually like giving up layups and, and, and buckets and different things like that. Damian Collins finished with a plus-40 plus-minus rating. And you may say plus-40. For those of you that, that, that don't follow plus-minus rating oft, uh, very often, you may say plus 40. I mean, what does that mean to me? That is insane, first of all. But what's even more insane is that he was not the only player to finish with a plus 40 plus minus rating. Jason Wallace, uh, a newcomer, also had a plus 40 plus minus rating. We'll, we'll get to him later on the show, but I want to focus here on Damon Collins. So again, like I mentioned, 15 points. We, I believe, earlier this offseason discussed what Damian Collins could do from an efficiency standpoint with more minutes. We looked at his stats, and we also kind of broke down what his per 40 uh, statistics were. And if you give this, this kid the opportunity to step onto the court for longer periods of time, we noted that several things are likely to happen. He's likely to block a ton of shots. We got to see him block two of Kentucky's 10, by the way in this game. We also noted that he is probably going to bring efficient offense within the paint. And he's going to provide just really, really solid defensive minutes because of his length, not necessarily his height. Six foot nine uh, is great, but his arm length, he looks like Slenderman out there. And I, I say that, I say that mostly joking. Dude is a physical freak of nature. The way that Damian Collins collected his 15 points though, impressed me. Obviously, four of them came on uh, a pair of baseline dunks, one in the first half, one in the second half, where he tried to take somebody's soul and, uh, and, and succeeded. Again, if you've not seen highlights from this game, I mean, there were some vicious dunks and some vicious attempts at dunks, might I add. Jacob Toppin came in for a dunk, and I, I don't remember if it, it was a blocking foul or what. It was, he literally tried to kill a man. It was, it was like, ev like every other play Kentucky ran in transition, I, I ended up leaning back in my seat going, whoa, okay, y'all, you, you, you got to chill. <laughs> let's, let, let, let's, let's chill here. Damian Collins, man, getting those points outside of those two dunks, shooting in the mid-range. Damian Collins, we got to see it in the open practice. He looks so smooth, so buttery smooth. He, would, he got the ball in the corner a couple different times, and he would drive in pull up, take two dribbles, and knock down, and knock down a jumper. It was just so smooth. And something that I believe Dane Bradshaw, the color analyst for this game on SEC Network, pointed out something that is, uh, it's not like a great point. It's not like a revelation, but how do you stop that? How do you stop a six foot nine, six foot ten kid that can pull up and dribble and get to a spot and knock down a jumper like that consistently? It's really, really difficult to do. It's, it's difficult to find a player defensively that can match up with that and take that away consistently. If Damian Collins can develop an outside, not necessarily an outside shot, but that mid-range shot, and we can see him maybe develop a little consistency from three as well, because he's got decent form. We noted that with his free throw shooting last year in this offseason. He's got a great free throw form. If he can, if he can translate it all the way out to the three-point line or even to this mid-range, this kid, I, he had, and this is what everybody on Twitter was saying. I'm not saying anything crazy here. I mean, this kid um, looks like an immediate pro. The way that he was playing, had a couple of really nice passes. Passes, uh, yeah, couple had a couple of really nice passes. Had one uh, assist 
It was on this really nice wraparound pass to Shibwe. I mean, everything about this team looks so good, looks so polished. Now, there were times, obviously, where it's like you, you take a couple of, uh, shots of the basket that got swatted into the stands. Case and Wallace had one of those early where it's just like, oh, okay, well, we don't need to do things like that. But the, the mistakes and the miscommunication, few and far in between in this game. Again, really, really impressed with what I saw from the Wildcats. Second player I want to get to here. Second player. Kaysen Wallace. Like I mentioned earlier, he is the only other player on, on the team to have to finish with a plus 40 plus minus rating. Everybody else finished, well, obviously with a positive plus minus rating, but everybody else was lower than that. Kaysen Wallace himself, 15 points, just like Damian Collins, on six of 13 shooting. Was one of four from three. Honestly, don't remember him taking four threes. Made both three throws. Had five rebounds, three assists. Had two blocks and a steal in 25 minutes. 15 points, six of 13 shooting, five rebounds, couple of blocks in 25 minutes. These guys are not going to play as efficiently as they did today. They're not going to play like that, at least not consistently, I don't believe, whenever the season actually gets here. But to see that they have the potential to do that, to see that they have the potential to go out there and shoot efficiently and to do all of these things on defense and to get out and transition and do things well, just so much polish on a team in the middle of August that is still trying to work things out. Case and Wallace looked really, really comfortable. We saw it in his highlight film uh, as, a, uh, as a senior in high school. If I'm not mistaken, we broke him down on this show as what he could potentially bring offensively to this team. Really, really good defender. The kid can get up. He can finish well at the rim. But he's also got a really, really nice mid-range game when it comes to floaters. And he put up a few of them today. Had a few of them go down. Again, just another player that looked way, way smoother than I expected him to. Just everything flowed so well. The offense flowed so well. Transition offense in this game was so nice to see. I mean, Kentucky, they weren't firing on all cylinders. Don't get me wrong. But it was, it was close to it. They looked, they looked much better than anticipated. And I expected them to go out and win this game big. I just didn't expect it to look as smooth as it did. I'm impressed. We're going to get to more players here. There are a ton of other guys that impressed me. You're going to want to stick around. Before we get to those players, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bars. If you have not tried the Built Bar Puffs yet. You are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. We've got one on set over here. It's chocolate chip cookie dough. It's absolutely phenomenal. I've got about 30 more that I'm slowly working my way through uh, in, my, uh, in my pantry. And the only reason I'm working the, my way through them slowly is because I've also got some birthday cake, pu- birthday cake puffs that I'm almost out of. I'm going to need to get some more. These Built Bars are absolutely phenomenal. In case you're wondering what Built Bar Puffs are, the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. All of these different flavors I'm talking about, they've got a ton more over at Built.com. And the thing about Built Bars, we've discussed it here on the show before, if you're new though, they're obviously all phenomenal, they taste great, but the best part about them is that they're actually really, really healthy for you. You can replace your protein bars with these and you can enjoy them. They actually taste great. 160 calories, for instance, in this cookie dough uh, chunk puff over here, and 15 grams of protein, low in sugar, Low in calorie, high in protein, tastes really, really good. All of them are covered in 100% real chocolate, and there are a ton of different flavors over at Built.com. You can, you can uh, go to Built.com right now, and you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, you can use promo code LOCKED15. That is for 15% off over at Built.com. 
Thursday.com. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Daw here with you. Kentucky defeating the Dominican Republic team. It wasn't the U-22 team. It wasn't the other 22 team. They had some 25, 26-year-olds out there, uh, according to SEC Network. Final score, that 108-56. to Wildcats get it done, and they get it done in a big way. Like we were talking about just a little bit ago, just how comfortable this team looked overall impressed me. There's another kid here that I want to talk about that uh, another freshman here that if we're going to stick on the topic of just looking comfortable impressed me Adu Thiero Kentucky's uh Kentucky's late signee in this class so Adu Thiero for those of you that have not been following closely and for those of you that have been I'm just going to give you a brief refresher so that we can kind of lead up to this moment was unranked whenever Kentucky offered him Immediately shot up to a three-star, finished as a four-star in the 24-7 sports composite, if I'm not mistaken. Committed to the Wildcats. Very, very, very quick recruitment. Went from some no-name prospect to Kentucky was on him and everybody else was on him like that, and he eventually committed to the Wildcats. There was, not a, there was almost nothing expected out of a Thiero heading into this, uh, this season. And to be honest with you, I've, I still don't think there's a ton expected of this kid. But after seeing the way that he played in, in, in this first game, we've got three more games to see this kid play. Again, just talking about kids that don't look panicked, don't look rushed, look like they know what they're doing, getting to their spots, and playing hard defense. I don't think anybody did it better than a Duthiero in this first game in the Bahamas. Now, there are a lot of different players that did it really well. I don't know if anybody in their, in their minutes, efficiency-wise, did it better than a Duthiero. We're going to read off his stat line here. Real quick, he had had only seven points, but he had those seven points in 10 minutes. Three of four from the floor, knocked down his only three that he took, had a rebound, three assists, and three blocks and two steals in 10 minutes. I want to read that off again, just to kind of of let this sink in. Kentucky's third-string point guard, supposedly the third-string point guard, had seven points in 10 minutes on three of four shooting. In those 10 minutes as well, he had three assists, Three blocks and two steals. And the cherry on top, something that the SEC Network broadcast pointed out, something that we've pointed out here on the show, he's currently 6'5", 6'6", right now. He's still growing. He's not done growing. This kid is probably going to finish 6'7", 6'8", by the time he's done with college, and he can handle the basketball, and he can shoot, and he can play really good defense. He checked into this game. He checked into this game, first minutes, immediately gets a steal and dunk in transition, just like that. You talk about kids that just, again, I, keep, I don't want to continue to repeat myself over and over, just looked so comfortable. A Thiero, and again, I know that this is a setting that allows you to kind of be that, but still, it, it feels different. It feels different, right? right? You look at what Alabama's doing right now with their young kids. You look at what Auburn's doing with some of their younger kids. Sure, they went out there and they executed and maybe this is a little bit of bias. I try and be relatively unbiased here on the show, although sometimes it, it, it happens. I think Kentucky's young kids look significantly better in, in terms of just polish and understanding what they need to do within their given system. Gosh, they, 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 they all look so good. Thiero is a kid that played really, really hard in those 10 minutes. If he continues to play like that, if he continues to play like that through the Bahamas and through this, uh, this uh, offseason practicing... We, we ran a poll here on Locked On Kentucky just a few weeks ago about how many minutes does a Duthiero get this year? 
And the majority of you, I believe, said like, oh, two, three, five minutes, maybe six at the most. This kid's going to command more than that. If he continues to play as efficiently, as hard as he does, or as hard as he did in this game, he's going to deserve more minutes. I want to see more minutes out of this kid. And again, maybe this is just one of those games where everybody's firing on all cylinders, and this is not a true reflection statistically or on film of what these kids are going to do long-term for Kentucky. But again, just seeing the fact that these kids can actually go out there and do it, the fact that they can actually go out here and they can execute like this, Damian Collins, Cason Wallace, Adutiero, another newcomer here. How about Antonio Reeves? So we talked about heading into this game, we needed to see Antonio Reeves be the, the, uh, the three-level scorer. We needed to see him be the distributor, and we needed to see him be the, uh, the defender. While his statistics, I don't necessarily think, blow you out of the water, I was very pleased with what he did within his role. And that was the question, right? That was the question heading into this game. That's the question once Kentucky got him is, okay, really dynamic score at Illinois State. One of the best scores in the country last season. Could do it all. But is his, is his game going to be minimalized to a role within this offense? Or is he going to be a star? And that's kind of the unknown. I still think he has that potential after seeing him actually play with, in this, with this team in person. Well, not in person. You, you get what I mean. But I really, really like what I saw. 12 points, 4 of 6 from the floor. He was 4 of 5 from 3. Shot 39% from 3 last year at Illinois State. A question we had here on the show is, yeah, he shot 39% in his junior season, but the two seasons before that at Illinois State, he was not a good three-point shooter. I believe one year he shot sub 30%. The other year he was shooting, shooting around 30%. Then took a huge jump forward. And the question here was like, okay, is he going to regress? go back to what feels like is his normal three-point shooting percentage. And you don't see kids every day shoot four or five from three. But still, again, to see that they have the potential to do that. Love the form. Love the opportunities that he got, by the way, in transition in the half-court offense. Took shots when he needed to take shots. Really, really nice. Excuse me. 12 points in 19 minutes. Again, four or five from the floor. Had a rebound, an assist, and a steal. Plus 20, plus minus for Antonio Reeves. A kid that we've, or not a kid, grown man at this point. Player that we've not gotten to yet here on the show. You've noticed that we've gone all the way. How long have we been recording? We've been recording 19 minutes. Oscar Shibway has not been mentioned on the podcast yet. And we're talking about a game in which Kentucky won by 52. I don't care if it was overseas. I don't care if it's in conference. I don't care if it's out of conference. I don't care if it's against Duquesne or whatever uh, whatever group. It's not a group of five school, but you get, you get the point. Whatever mid-major school Kentucky beats, I don't care with the setting. We can get 19 minutes into a breakdown of a game and not talk about Oscar Shibley, who was, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the leading scorer in this game. At one point, at one point I tweeted out, like, Shibway has, what, like, what, seven points? Kentucky's up by 30 against a group of grown men. These are 25, 26-year-old kids, some of them out here. And then at the end of the game, he started to turn it on, started to get those numbers, so almost like he saw the tweets that people were saying. It's like, oh, my goodness, Kentucky's winning, and Oscar Shibway's not even, like, going crazy. And then he started to go crazy. But the fact that Shibway, for the majority of this contest, was essentially a non-factor, and Kentucky was dominating dominating 
It's great to see. We said heading into this game that Kentucky, or excuse me, the Dominican Republic was probably going to double team and physically go at Oscar Shibway. And they did. They did. But it could not, they could not contain him for the, uh, for the entire game. 17 points for Oscar Shibway, 8 of 11 from the floor. And you may say, well, 17 points is, is pretty standard for Shibway. He only played 22 minutes. This, he only played 22 minutes. And I'm just going to go out there uh, go out there and say it. I can only assume the Dominican Republic team is probably better than the majority of the mid-major schools Kentucky's going to play in their non-conference slate. If you could get tw- 17 points in 22 minutes, also six rebounds and an assist and a steal, by the way, it does not get more efficient than this. Some of you have been commenting recently because I've been pointing out the fact that some of you have been complaining about the offense. Some of you have been commenting and saying, why are we talking about the offense as one of the most efficient in the country last year? And that's kind of what I've tried to say every time I mention Kentucky's offense. It's like, guys, they were really efficient last year. Are we going to mess with a machine that's not broken? And kind of the pushback on that could be, well, you know, it's not necessarily broken, but we saw what happened last year at the end of the season. And so the concern is just not getting consistent three-point shooting, maybe in this offense whenever they need it, getting players outside of Shibway that can actually create and score. And so that's fair. But man, this uh, this team, it, it played about efficiently as they could have. Shot 56.8% from the floor, over 42% from three, was 13 of 14 from the, uh, from the foul line. Again, really... <coughs> Excuse me, I am... Uh, Really, really, uh, really, really hyped up after seeing this game, and a lot of Twitter was as well. Is there anything else I need to mention before we talk about uh, the word platoon? Last time I brought up the word, word platoon on this show, uh, some of you got really, really upset. Before we get to what I mean by just the word platoon, I want to remind you guys, if you're watching on YouTube, first of all, if you've made it this far in the video, I really, really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the podcast. Over 2,000 subscribers and climbing. Really, really excited about what we're going to do here through football season. And man, after seeing this squad, you have to be excited about what we're going to see in basketball season. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast, I see you guys giving reviews. I really, really appreciate it. Please continue to rate the podcast five stars, preferably. Uh, if you feel a certain way about the podcast, feel free to share your thoughts, but I would love to, to see a five-star review. But yeah, subscribe, rate, review, all of that. Really appreciate you guys being so, not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say kind in the comments, but just so responsive and engaging with what we've got going on here at Locked On Kentucky. Really, really awesome to see just a little community building. Hopefully we will continue to grow that uh, through the fall and the winter, best time of the year. All right, to wrap up the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky, the word platoon, why do I mention it? Makes you guys mad, apparently. Well, I said just a, gosh, what was it, a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, I I, I did an entire episode around whether or not Kentucky could run the platoon system this year. And uh, it received a lot of negative feedback. I believe it's actually one of my most disliked videos on, on, on my YouTube channel. And it confused me. Because how could you get so mad at such a hypothetical question whenever I'm sitting there saying, this is not going to happen. I acknowledge this is not going to happen. Nobody's saying this is going to happen. 
But if I were to work the lineup, here's how it would look. It's just a, it's just a fun speculation. Some of you got really, some of you guys got irrationally mad. I'll just say it. I bring up the platoon here, though, because I don't think that Kentucky could or should run the platoon this this season. But after seeing this game, I feel like you've got to be more comfortable, and not a platoon, but another word here, the rotation. You have to be comfortable in saying, okay, Kentucky's got an actual rotation. It's not just five guys. They're not going to go out there and play five guys for 35 minutes. There's a game I have on my phone, a little basketball game, where you kind of get to recruit and control the lineups and stuff like that, and you can choose to play your starting five, or, yeah, you can choose to play your starting five up to 35 minutes a game. And sometimes I have to do that. Whenever there are years that I don't recruit well, I have to play the starters as much as physically possible because they put up better numbers. And I'm trying to win games, trying to go 40-0. But with Kentucky's lineup this year, it's not like you have a bunch of bad players on your, on your, on your uh, bench. For those of you 2K uh, fanatics out there, it's not like you have a bunch of uh, 70, 75 overalls on your bench. If, you're, if this is a championship caliber team you're looking, you've got some 80s on there. Maybe you've got a high 80 in one of these spots when you're looking at Jacob Toppin uh, potentially if he has to slide down. Um, gosh, I would assume that, that Toppin finds his way into the starting rotation because what, what the SEC Network were saying is like, yeah, this looks like the starting five that Kentucky's probably going to use in the season. I'm like, guys, I like Damian Collins at the four. Jacob Toppin's not going to play at the three. I also would much rather, I don't know, I don't know. But whoever's coming off that bench as the sixth man is probably a high 80. Point being, you don't have to give all your starters 35 minutes. You can rotate. You can kind of trim those minutes down. Maybe give some of them 25. Maybe give some of them minutes that are that are right there at dead on 20 where they're splitting time with somebody that comes off the bench. I mean, you look at this rotation. You've got Severe Wheeler starting at point. Did not look great in this game, might I add. Severe Wheeler, six points on two of six shooting. Had four assists and two steals. Um, not, not, not a big fan of of what happens whenever Severe Wheeler uh, ran the offense in this game. wouldn't say that for most games, just saying in this game in particular, the Dominican Republic, talk about scouting reports, actually kind of did a good job on defense with Wheeler, just applying pressure, trapping, slowing down the offense, making sure that he was uncomfortable. They did a good job. Severe Wheeler at point. Antonio Reeves at shooting guard. Chris Livingston at power forward. Jacob Toppin. Uh, or excuse me, Chris Livingston at small forward, Jacob Toppin at power forward, Oscar Shibway at center. So that could be your five. That could be your five. But you've also got Cason Wallace at point guard, who played well at point. C.J. Frederick at shooting guard. Hopefully he's able to play all, all, all of the uh, season after playing very limited minutes in this game. Had like four assists in, in like 12 minutes. Really, really good stuff. What do you got? Cason Wallace, C.J. Frederick, Adu Thiero. You could want to run a three-guard rotation. Kentucky actually in this game ran a uh, three-guard rotation at some point. And I forget the lineup. I'd have to go back and look. I forget the lineup that Kentucky had. But it was really, really interesting to see. It was, okay, it was Cason Wallace, C.J. Frederick, and Adu Thiero all out there. Yeah, so literally, Cason Wallace, C.J. Frederick, Adu Thiero as your, as your bench guys. You could run that lineup. You could have Damian Collins at the four, Lance Ware at the five, who looked really, really capable. By the way, another guy that just looks, looks improved Two guys that looked improved. Jacob Toppin and Lance Ware. Now, I set the parameters for Jacob Toppin having a successful day, time in the Bahamas at 13 points uh, per game. 
I may need to adjust that, to be honest with you. I did not expect Cal to rotate as much as he did, or at least I expected Toppin to have more than 20 points. That's essentially what I want to say here. Three steals and two blocks, though, in 20 minutes to go along with uh, eight points. Really nice stuff from uh, Jacob Toppin and Lance Ware. I think this team is way more capable than I expected them to be. I think this team, uh, from the top down, has a lot more talent than I expected them to. The fact that Oscar Shibway quietly got 17 points, quietly shot 8 of 11. You got to love what you see. And I'm not saying this team's going to go 40-0. I'm not saying this team's going to just blow teams out of the water. But man, for a game in the Bahamas in August, this team looked way, way, way more comfortable than I thought they would. And I'm very, very happy about that. Again, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast to make sure that you don't miss any of our other breakdowns of Kentucky's games in the Bahamas. Also going to have some more football content coming up for you guys in just the uh, the next upco- a few uh, upcoming days. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. You can follow the show on Instagram That is over at Kentucky Podcast. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, you can leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.